I can now begin to understand. So I always want to speak this scripture to myself or confess this scripture so that I can hear God's word and truly understand it. Because in Matthew 13, he says, when you hear and understand, then you will turn and he will have to heal you. He says it clearly now. If you understand from your heart, he says, lest they should understand, hear with their ears, understand with your heart, and turn, and I should heal them. Amen. So when you understand the message today, you will be healed. It is no doubt. Amen. Just understanding the message brings healing to you. Otherwise, Jesus told us a lie, but you know, you don't want anybody saying that. Jesus cannot lie. And that's the truth. He doesn't lie. So when we understand the message, maybe even before they pray for you, you're already healed. That's what's going to happen. So we want to make our confession to God and turn over everything to him because he said, without me you can do nothing. So let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. So shall it be. In Jesus' name, please be seated. Amen. I... Uh, title this message got from my wife the healing touch of jesus the healing touch of jesus there are two things that's always present with humans if you live on earth poor or rich no matter who you are no matter where you live you have to deal with these two things everybody has to deal with these two things. You can never get away from it. You're born into it. Sin and sickness. Sin and sickness. You deal with it. It comes from time to time. If you're not dealing with it, somebody in your family is dealing with it. If it's not happening to you, somebody in your family or somebody you know, maybe at work, Sin or sickness is always present with us. Man has done so much. We've gone so much with regards to technology. We've been to the moon and back. There have been hundreds, millions of dollars spent in research. We still cannot beat sickness. We still cannot beat Sin. Still there. Get your programs. Do your research. Make your laws. They're there. They're still there. There's only one person that can take care of those, those two issues in a person's life. And that's God. That's true salvation. God saw from heaven that we cannot deal with these things. 
You're doing things that you hate. You know it's going to hurt you. You know the substance you're putting into your mouth is going to destroy your life eventually. But you can't stop yourself. When sickness comes, there is nothing you can do. You don't know where it came from. I lived in the United States years ago. There was no HIV or AIDS. And all of a sudden, a new disease has appeared. That frightened the whole world. And everybody was afraid. Even to touch things in their home, nobody knew. Confusion. Why? Because sickness is spiritual. Sickness is spiritual. Where did that come from? We didn't have HIV years way back to 1950-something. It wasn't there. They didn't know anything about that. Where did it come from? Sickness is spiritual. Just like sin is spiritual. That's the source. If sickness was not spiritual, how could Jesus heal sickness without medicine? How? You know he's done that. You know he healed the lame, opened the eyes of the blind, but he never used medicine, not in material, because it's spiritual. I say the enemy has made our minds think it's all natural. Yes, there is a part of it that's natural, but it came from the spirit realm. We have to understand that. Once you have that settled in your mind, no matter what's going on in your life, you know if you turn to God, it can be taken care of. Amen. It can be taken care of. Because God is able. He is the ultimate spirit. He is above all. And all things came from him. God still heals today. No matter what uh, some preachers are saying. Why they are trying so hard to change the covenant. And to, tell, to change the terms of the covenant. God's covenant for us in our time. He includes healing. And deliverance from demons. And all disease and sickness. And sin. They all go together. God is still healing the sick today. In Isaiah 53 verse 1 it says, Who has believed our report? The question is whether you believe the report or not. Your body is telling you one thing, but God's report is saying something different. You have to choose what you want to believe. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? In other words, you understand enough to turn. You understand? Arm of the Lord revealed. That's why we pray so we can hear and understand. Because once you understand, you will make that turn. And once you make that turn in your heart, he has to heal you. I like it. When I saw that, I thought, wow, he doesn't have a choice. Once I understand and I make that adjustment, he has to heal me. You see, the moon has no light of its own. It's only as it positions itself with respect to the sun, he has light. You position yourself 
with respect to the Son of God, you have light. And when you have light, you have healing. That's the gospel. He says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? What is God about to show us? What is this news? What is this report that God wants to give to you? Are you willing to accept the report in spite of what you are seeing with your eyes? Or what you are hearing with your ears? Because you see, in the beginning, the world was without form. It was void. And then it says, then God said, well, even if your life is void and without form, when God speaks to your life, to that sickness, something is going to happen. It says in verse 4, surely, I like the word surely, surely, no doubt about it, he has borne our griefs. And if you look at the literal translation for that word, he says, surely, no doubt about it, Jesus bore your sickness. That's the report he wants you to believe. Surely, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word sorrows there means pain. You can check, if you look at the literal translation, there's the Young's literal translation. You won't see grief or sorrows. What you read is sickness and pain. When Matthew reads this scripture, I mean Apostle Matthew, when he reads this scripture, he doesn't see grief and pain. I mean sorrows. He sees sickness and pain. And I'll show you the same thing. When God opens your eyes, that Jesus took your sickness and he took your pain, then you are free from pain. Because the Almighty took what was yours and put it on himself. He can't be on God and be on you at the same time. God has taken care of it. That's why the message we preach is called the good news. I don't care what the preachers say. It's funny what some preachers do. They tell you, they say, well, we think uh, uh, this sickness, God's allowing him because he's trying to teach you a good lesson with what you... Oh, really? Do you do that with your children? Let me call CPS. <laughs> if that's the way you teach your children a lesson, I'll call CPS. And maybe we should call CPS for God, right? <laughs> He's giving them sickness to teach them a lesson. And I've said it here before. When that thing comes, you will learn a lesson. When it's through, the final lesson you learn, a lot of pain. That's your lesson. You went through a lot of pain. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. See, two things Jesus came to take care of. We can't do anything about. Poverty, maybe we can walk, go to school, whatever. But this, you can't do much about it. You're sick, you're sick. God came, the same thing with sin. God came to take care of these two major problems in the human race. 
But the trouble is we have not turned to him for help. Instead, we're leaning on our own understanding and trusting in what we know. Instead of trusting in him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the beatings to bring us peace. Peace means absence of turmoil. Anxiety. Depression. All of that. He was wounded so that we can, he was chastised. The Bible tells us the chastisement of our peace. So we have peace of mind. Not your mind racing, worried, you can't sleep, panic attacks. That Jesus took. He had all of that put on him. The Father, if you read verse 10 of the same chapter, he said it was God that put it on his son, put those things on his son. For our sake. Why? Because we are loved by him. We are loved by him. I said it the previous Sunday. God has never, ever seen you as his enemy. Yes, he, he understands it through everything you've done. But has never seen you as a human being as his enemy. He's not willing that any should perish. Why, why would he see you as his enemy if he's not willing for you to perish? He's never seen you that way. And everything that hurts your life hurts him because he created you. Everything that makes your life uncomfortable makes him uncomfortable. He doesn't like that. You were created by him special. There's never going to be another person like you on this earth. And there's never been another one like you before you, before you appear on the earth. You are special. And everything that you're going through, he sees and he knows. And when you hurt, his heart is hurt. That's why he sent his son to take care of all of those problems. So you can have peace. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that has never changed. That's never changed. That has never changed. He took all of that. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. In God's mind, You are already healed. I remember, you know, a demon oppressing me years back. I've said it here before. And I was crying out to God, God, do something about it. He says, he's just a little demon. Why are you so scared crying out, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, all of you help me. He's, He's just a little demon. And then he, he kind of put it in my heart. Now he's in the corner of your room, this little demon laughing at him. I got him, I got him. I got him. I whipped him real good. Look at him. He's crying out to his father. He's crying out to his father in heaven. God help me. Holy Spirit help me. Jesus help me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I got angry. You demon, come back here. You never do that again. He quits. Amen. Amen. I, I shared that recently with one of our church members. She who was oppressed. And that happened exactly the same. Right, Rosalind? Completely delivered. Just to know what Jesus has done for you. Amen. So important. This is how Matthew sees Isaiah 53, this scripture that we just read. This is how Matthew, I mean Apostle Matthew, when he wrote the book of Matthew, 
This is what he was quoting and how he read it. See, get understanding the way they saw it, why it worked for them, and why maybe it's not working for us. Look in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. He says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. Sometimes, some sicknesses are as a result of demonic oppression. And when we test, they tell the devil to leave, they leave. And you are well instantly. It's not like you are possessed by the devil because if they possess you, they have your personality now. Whatever you do. That's not the case. But they are oppressing you by becoming too close for comfort. And you can feel their presence in the form of sickness as they bind one part of... But when we have the authority, Jesus told us that we're coming to that. I can speak to it. And he knows to obey. Because Jesus gave me the authority. And once I speak to it, it lives, you're healed. I don't care what the problem is. There was a woman that was doubled over. Remember, Jesus said, you were loosed from your infirmity. And then later Jesus said, it was a demon that was doing that, that bent her over. But Jesus didn't address the demon. He just said, you're free. And he is here today. Amen. Amen. He is here today. His voice is being heard today. And you will be healed. Every one of you that needs healing will be healed today. Can I hear an amen? God's going to heal you today. You're asking what day? Today. Hello. I said today. Not tomorrow. Today. Yes. Today is my day. They didn't go to Jesus and come back the next day. (laughs) Right? Today is the day. That's what it says. This is how much you saw it. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirit with a word. And healed how many? All. When I was a new Christian, if you're sick, I just wish I was there with them. Right? If I was there where Jesus was, then I'm sure this cancer will be. Because he healed everyone, right? So if I was one of the everyone, it's over. I don't care what I have, right? Well, he's here today. He's here today. It's never too late. Jesus is here today. This is what it says. It says he healed all who were sick. How many sick today? If you're sick today, God says you are one of the all. You're going to be healed. I don't care what you got. You are going to be healed. Whatever it is. You've heard testimony. There was a woman that was healed yesterday. Completely free from pain. She's here today. Can I hear a wave? Can I see a wave of hand? Where is she? That's who she is. Yes, she's working. Yeah, she was healed during the event yesterday. That's wonderful. This is how much you saw what uh, Isaiah wrote. He says, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. This is what he read in Isaiah 53. This is how Matthew interpreted Isaiah 53. That's where it was written. He himself, Jesus, the Son of God himself, the Word of God become man, 
himself. He himself took our, our what? Infirmities. And bore what? Our sicknesses. Our sicknesses he bore. What kind of sickness do you want to transfer to him this morning? From eternity, the Bible says he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So I know it happened on Calvary, but in God's mind, he put everything on his son even before the world was. Why? He knew you before you were born and took care of your problems way back then, even before your parents were born. He knew you. And now you are here in his time. And he will make his word good to your life. Amen. And he will make his word good today. This is what he says. He himself took your infirmities. You know, in legal terms, you can't put two people to death for the same crime. Hello? He said, I one did it, the other one did it. One has been put to death, Right? Why should they put you to death for the same thing? It's illegal. The sickness you are carrying in your body is illegal. Let's get rid of the illegal thing in your body. Amen. It's like funny, but it's the truth. It's illegal. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. Tell yourself my time is here. If God is alive, I'm going to get well today. Why would he disappoint me? He's never disappointed anybody. So you will be healed. You just have to settle that in your mind. That's the turning we are talking about. And when you make that adjustment in your heart, and as he says in in, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. In other words, you make that adjustment, and you say, no, no, I'm not taking this anymore. You cannot kill me. Jesus died in my place. And I'm going to be alright. Today is my day. I know we always want to think about somebody that has the gift of healing. And I think I have. Okay, I want to think I have. And I know I I have the gift of healing. I can lay my hands on people and they get me healed. But really, he's already healed you before I touched you. (laughs) My touch is just a point of contact. And both of us agreed, right? That if I touch you, he will heal you. And he knows what we have agreed. If two shall agree concerning anything on the earth, he says it will be done. That's why you're healed. Hello? Is that easy? Yes, it's that easy. Some of you don't even have to be touched. Because as you're listening, God's healing you. You're so excited about the new discoveries you're getting. This is wonderful. And before you know, it's like a lady was sitting back here. I was praying for people from that side. And by the time I got to her, she was so focused on watching people were getting healed. It got to her turn. She said, I said, what's your problem, ma'am? She said, I don't have any problem. She took off. <laughs> she was already healed. She was so focused on what God was doing. She got her own healing and wasn't even aware. No pain. It was gone. It was gone. That's your portion this morning in Jesus' name. That's your portion today. Amen. Okay. I got got to move this thing along. 
And I'm too excited. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got one more hour to preach. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not doing that to you. Maybe to Angela I would do that, but uh, <laughs> but I'm not doing it to you. I see, I read in the scriptures. About a woman for 12 years. 12 years. I had this scripture, but I'm just going to talk through them. 12 years. The way my mind works is she had made it in life because she had a lot of money because she says she spent everything. She was, uh, we're not told she was married. So I'm, I believe as a young woman, Jewish woman, she had worked so hard and she had a lot. And then came the issue of blood. And her life was turned around. That's happened to some of us. Everything was fine in our family. And then trouble came. Maybe a child got sick. Or something happened to you. And your life is turned around. And everything is changed. In a time. Because she had issue of blood. She was considered unclean. She can't even go to church. So one thing came into her life and destroyed everything. Brought shame to this woman. And disgrace. And she fought it. She fought it. For 12 years. Mark says she had been with many doctors. They will give her this and she keeps spending money. And the more she spent the situation got worse. Everything was that bad. And she had to deal with this for 12 years. But then the Bible says, then she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. And that was her hope. It was an interesting story. I'm sure she's heard about Jesus of Nazareth in the land, raising the, healing the sick, raising the dead. And she told herself, this is it for me. I'm going to get well. But the thing is, she couldn't even come to Jesus' presence. She was not allowed to be around people like that. If you're reading the Old Testament. So the only way she could do it was to sneak from behind. Even though she had been left alone by herself, God didn't forget her. She could have gotten healed. She walked through the crowd and finally touched the arms of Jesus. And instantly Jesus felt it. Amen. And Jesus said to her, said to the people, who touched me? Amen. They wanted to know. Why was that? Heaven acknowledged God's daughter had received her health back again. Amen. And that hour. And Jesus had to acknowledge it. Twelve years of suffering came to an end. How long have you been suffering? How long has your case been a hopeless case? Well, it's going to come to an end today. It's going to come to an end today. Because 
the king of kings is in the house. He is here to make us well. I don't want you to overthink it. Because when we overthink things, we make it more complicated and we are not able to position ourselves for healing. Don't overthink it. I don't know how he's going to do it. And I don't care how he does it. He is going to do it. All you need to do is come to him. Then I remembered another man by the pool of Bethesda. For 38 years, a lonely life. You know how I know it was a lonely life? He said, when the pool is stirred, when the pool is stirred, somebody, the first person to get into it is the one that gets well. So for 38 years, nobody was around him. A lonely life. No family, no friends. By himself, sick. For 38 years, sitting by a pool, his last hope. You know what? Sorry, guys. Jesus saw him there. Jesus went into that place and singled him out. He knew, where, he, knew he had been there. The Bible tells us that. Reading John chapter 5. He singled him out. That was the end of his loneliness. That was the end of his depression. That was the end of his sadness. If you've been there, Jesus cares for you just like he cares for that man. And wants to make your situation better. Can I ask you a question? Serious question? Would you let him? Would you let him? If you will let him, he's going to do that. I don't care who prays for you. He is here today, and he'll do that for you. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear a louder amen? amen? It's very important. Can you agree with me? He's going to do that for you today? Amen. Yes, he will. He will do that for us today. Amen. This is, uh, before we start going to prayer... This is uh, one of my favorite scriptures. My wife teases me on this. <laughs> she says, I can preach it back at you. I say, yeah. I know you've heard me do this many times. But I love it. I can't get away from it. It's wonderful. Because God opened my eyes to it. And uh, when I'm in a crusade situation, I still like to go to crusades. Because this is so vivid to me. It's like I read that scripture so many times. But all of a sudden, God opened my eyes to it. And I decided, yes, I am going to, with the, I'm going with this scripture. And when I do it, I say to the people, they can wait for their healing. Because this is really good. And uh, it's funny, but that's the way I like to dramatize it. It's funny. Okay, that's good. But you see, in Matthew chapter 14... Just read the scripture with me. Notice, everyone that Jesus heals, he wants them to do something, right? Go to the pool and watch. Take up your bed, right? Anoint your eyes, go to the pool and watch. But listen to this. It says in verse 34, it says, When they had crossed over, 
they came to the land of Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding regions. Hey, all the surrounding regions. That's the whole of Cyprus. Hello. The whole of Cyprus. They sent words out. Okay, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it says, and when the men of the place recognized him, in other words, they looked at him and said, who is this guy coming into town? Why do you have all these people following him? Somebody said, this might be Jesus of Nazareth. Can you get that? And then he said, uh, sir, uh, who is this guy that's working with you guys? Oh, that's Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, you mean the Jesus we've been hearing about? He said, hey, Jesus, can you stay in our town for a little bit? We want to go around this whole region and gather all the sick people and bring them to you. That's what they did. He said, It says, uh, verse 35, And when the men at, of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region and brought to him, how many? All, all who were sick. All who were sick. They didn't have U.S. medicine. So you know how many people would be sick. It says, I begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. As many as touched the garment were made perfectly well. I started reading that scripture. What came out to me is they went around everywhere. They knock on doors. Hey, sir, do you have any sick person in your house? We go, what do you want? Uh, Jesus of Nazareth is in town. And he says, the sick person, we can't move him. If we move him, he's going to die. He, he can't be moved. If he dies, let him die. We're bringing him to Jesus. And then they go to the next door and they knock again. Do you have any sick person? What's the matter with you guys? We want everybody that's sick. And they went all over Cyprus, gathering everybody that's sick. And then they brought them to Jesus. And then they got, got there and they went, uh oh. We brought too many people. How are we going to make him lay his hands on all of these people? He's just one man. How is he going to do this? And so they picked out how they wanted to be well. How they wanted to be healed. So they told Jesus, uh, please, sir, can you please sit down and be comfortable? We know you can heal us. All we are asking is just let them touch your clothes. And Jesus said, yes. You choose whatever you want. How many want to get their healing that way? Just the way they picked how they wanted to get well. And, and you know all of them are not going to rush at him at the same time, right? In the U.S., we make a line, right? And you take your turn. Picture yourself in that line, right? You know what I'll be doing? I'll be counting the number of people ahead of me. Everyone that touches, get, the guy is blind. Now he just touches 
and his eyes, and he goes, I can see, I can see, and he's running that way, and the lame person is walking, running all over the place, and I'm thinking, hey, why, this, why is the line so slow? Move it! Is it that difficult to touch? Just touch and move on. And then I will turn around and count the number of people ahead of me. And say, it's just remaining nine. Wow, that's a long time. Wait, move the line. Right? Can you see the picture? Because sometimes we read in the scriptures and we think they were not people. Right? They are people just like us. How many will move the line this morning? <laughs> and get to touch him. So you're here. I want to close with this. There's never, you can't find one time in the scripture when Jesus asked his disciples or followers to go preach the gospel without asking them to heal the hearers of the gospel. You can't find one. Because it's part of his mission. I'm a gospel preacher. Jesus has commended me to go preach the gospel. And he says to heal. Why? Because he wants to heal them. That's part of it. You can't find any in the scriptures. I think the church has gotten it wrong. It's not our church is the best, no. But this is where Jesus is. Every time he sends his disciples out, he tells them to heal the sick. These signs follow those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And so we're doing that today. Amen? Amen. Go and pray for the sick. Matthew 10 verse 7. It says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then, after the preaching of the kingdom of heaven, the next word you hear is heal the sick. It's a commandment for the believer. The preacher. It's a commandment for the preacher to heal the sick if they are going to preach the gospel. Jesus says, as you go, preach the kingdom of God, salvation from sin, but also heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. And then he says, he's giving me that freely. Basically, I can give it to whoever I want. If they are listening to the gospel. Amen? Amen. That's why I have confidence that God will heal. Not because, yes, the anointing, that's good. But God's word never returns to him void. He heals the sick today. Jesus still heals the sick today. And Jesus wants to heal you today. Jesus will heal you today. Jesus will heal you today. If you have back problem, would you please come up? Come up. Those of you up front, can you go back to the next room, please?
I need the front row all cleared up. Go all the way back that way. 